1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East mixtape, the greatest podcast ever invented in the history of the world. You can hear this show on the Blog and the Boys podcast network, Bleeding Green Nation, Big Blue View, Hogshaven, all four sites for NFC East teams across SB Nation. I am Joe Cho from Blog and the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gunn from BGN. Brandon, congratulations. Your Los Angeles Rams. They did it. Your favorite head coach, Sean McVay.
2: He won the Super Bowl. Uh, RJ, we don't have time for the shenanigans today because a little peek behind the curtain for the listeners. We have a meeting at one o'clock Eastern It is currently 1215 Eastern. So uh, I can't even address that other than I will say that Sean McVay is one of the worst head coaches and biggest cowards to ever win the Super Bowl uh peek behind the curtain it
1: is tuesday february 15th this show goes out on wednesdays uh, again on all four podcast networks you can also watch it on both the blog and the boys and bleeding green nation youtube channels we saw the comments from the eagles fans uh understand the the algorithm issues associated with the internet you know that's that's what the meeting's about that we're going to brandon is uh the algorithms of the internet uh so you can now watch this uh as well on the bleeding green nation youtube channel if you're subscribed there go subscribe there subscribe to Blog and the boys subscribe to all these things visit all these sites help us out you know we we like to talk about this stuff and we appreciate you coming along for the ride um a bit of a shorter episode because we tend to be a little bit long-winded Brandon uh but a powerful episode nonetheless you wanted to steal something that I did you basically said RJ you had a brilliant idea on Monday Football Monday one of the shows that I co-host on the SB Nation NFL show where people should also subscribe and listen you can hear uh, BLG and I there multiple uh, times throughout the week you said RJ man you just dominated you're so creative you got all these you know wonderful ideas oozing out of that big powerful brain of yours we should use that on the nfc's mixtape that's exactly what you said is it not
2: uh i actually wanted to improve upon it because it wasn't that great so i thought we could make it better and obviously me being involved would do that so that's kind of more of what i was thinking here uh there's a quote about uh you know stealing like, like, what's it? Imitation or whatever. Uh, I'm looking for the quote. I can't find it. Oh, good artist is
1: the most sincere form of flattery. Is the quote? That, that's not for.
2: it. Actually, I was looking for good artist copy, great artist steal, uh, and I think that gets attributed to Steve Jobs. But I'm going to steal the quote and say, actually, I came up with that, and then make myself a great artist.
1: The true uh, Michael Scott Wayne Gretzky quote yes. in quotation marks. Um, interesting. Um, okay, so let's you know, we can just go ahead and, and steal the idea, do the idea. You know however you want to put it uh the idea here's the idea so the super bowl is over now super bowl was on sunday in case anybody somehow missed it so what does that mean the super bowl being over means what for the dallas cowboys philadelphia eagles new york giants and washington commanders yes it still feels so stupid um so brandon and i each have something for each team uh so brandon since this was your idea because it was my idea do you want to go first you get to pick whatever
2: team you want to go with the Super Bowl being over means what for who pick a team go okay so I'm going to do this in my list as I have it ordered here uh the Super Bowl being over means that the Eagles hunt for a new starting quarterback has begun And RJ, I don't know if you've seen it, but there have been rumors circulating out there. It started last week when Albert Breer in a mailbag post for Sports Illustrated had been asked a question about what's going to happen with Russell Wilson and his future. And Albert Breer, interestingly enough, said that he was pegging Russell Wilson for New Orleans, but he believes the Sean Payton being gone factor has changed things. And now he is penciling Russell Wilson into Philadelphia instead so I thought that was interesting and then yesterday meaning Monday February 14th Valentine's Day happy belated Valentine's Day to you RJ you had a good Instagram post a little little plugged to your your IG right there um, at but, RJ
1: Ochoa at Brandon Gatton, both of us yes you know, follow CR see, see our photos check us out whatever here yeah.
2: And you can see the picture. I'm not going to tell people what it is because I'll, I'll give them the uh, incentive to go check it out. Um, but Albert Breer also said the Eagles are among teams, quote, ready to take a major swing, end quote, at the quarterback position. And also when that group was the Commanders and the Panthers and the Broncos, all teams that those other teams, I think clearly a lot of people would think clearly need quarterbacks more than the Eagles do since a lot of people think the Eagles can stick with Jalen Hurts but I do not think the Eagles especially after watching the Rams have success with Matt Stafford and I'm not saying the situations are the same but also the importance of the position being emphasized with Joe Burrow and how able he was you know how able the the Bengals how far the Bengals were able to go having a tough time getting through this with him um, I just don't think they're settling for Jalen Hurts I do think they're looking for an upgrade
1: i like this one uh to be clear this is brandon's this is what it means for the eagles uh <laughs> you did you didn't specify just to be clear i mean you know so everybody knows um yeah i mean i don't know and, and to be clear here so the hunt beginning doesn't mean that the the yield happens this off season, right right like you know what i mean like just because the hunt has begun like i, I do feel like while it might not feel this way for eagles fans i feel like the organization has to feel so much better about the quarterback position than they did a year ago because if you rewind the clock a year it's what are we going to do about carson who's going to take him i i find it amazing to to think that the the colts paid for carson wentz and that they might there was the report over the weekend that they might cut him um you know he might go to tampa i mean who knows i i would be truly just i would honestly be impressed if carson wentz got another starting job like another unquestioned starting job in the nfl it would be very uh very chase daniel from a financial perspective level of impressiveness like how do you keep convincing people that you should be a starting quarterback in this league and so i would love it if he somehow some way was on the jaguars that would just be oh that's she, not like going to happen. Chef's kiss. I mean, it, I mean, that's look. If I'm, a, if I'm allowed to dream, I mean, that's that's what I really want. Doug Peterson uh, does not want Carson Wentz. Back. I know, but I <laughs> see. Like, I also don't want the Colts to get rid of him because I I want to see the Jaguar stunt on him. Like, I want to see him throw five picks against the Jaguars just just to have Doug Peterson kind of have that moment. But but anyway, um so while you don't have a franchise quarterback because you don't, I know this is a Jalen stance, but. You, I think you've, again, the season was, was what you needed from him. You got to go to the playoffs. You got to have some fun. Got to, you know, cool, whatever. We got blown out by the Bucks, But you identified that he's not the guy. Like, that, that's what it is. But at the same time, and this segues me into my, this is what it means for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts played moderately well. Are we willing to say that? Is that as far as we're willing to go? Moderately well? Sure. Somewhat well, kind of well. So, in that sense, Jalen Hurts' stock Is as high as it will ever be that's my this is what it means for the philadelphia eagles so if you're howie roseman you want to be the master trader i do think he's very good at that i know you love to bag you hate everybody you hate jalen you hate howie you just i don't know why i'm sure you get this all the time if you like why do you even cover the eagles If, if you hate them so much go find another team you know whatever but um trade him now like like if you're like he's not the guy like like and i don't mean that like in a he's not the guy way, but he's not the guy and so move on from him get something like get some return on your investment because it's not going to be with jalen as a player and we know the eagles are not going to win the super bowl this season i'm sorry this coming season that is and so if you are truly in building rebuild you know ground up ground zero mode I mean, Jalen Hurts doesn't need to be a part of that. Like, we don't need to see another year of this to know that Nick Sirianni can develop an attack that can run the ball. Get somebody else, figure something out. Let Gardner Minshew have that season. I mean, I think that would be more prosperous for the overall cause.
2: I don't think we're going to learn as much about Jalen Hurts as people seem to think we will like his biggest defender's like I just I think it's going to be pretty similar to this year which is fine if you want to make the playoffs like be 9 and 8 like that kind of like just make the playoffs as a wild card team that kind of ceiling that kind of upside but I don't think you're doing much more than that um I do think it's an interesting concept when you think of maybe the Seahawks being trade partners with the Eagles when Jalen Hurts is involved, because Jalen Hurts has shown he can be effective in a very run-heavy offense, and what does Pete Carroll want to do up there in Seattle? So I think that's the kind of quarterback they would like. Now, I kind of find it weird to reconcile that Russ could be on the move with Pete still being there, because it feels like, you know, why is he going to be on board with...
1: ABLG. You know, Go Birds. Go Birds, Go Birds, baby
2: but no Seahawks like taking a step back and getting you know worse quite frankly at quarterback but i don't know maybe the decision isn't fully up to him and maybe the ownership looks at the prospect of picks and thinks that hurts has enough potential and that outweighs it all and and maybe Russ just wants out anyway so they just have to Get what they can for him, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's a fair point that you're making. I do like, and and just to, I want to clarify, or I want to ask you, like, do you think it's as high as it'll ever be in the NFL, or just with the Eagles
1: in the NFL? Period. Okay, well, wow. um, by the way, on the subject of Russell Wilson, he did speak with our friend Rob Stats Guerrero on the ESPN NFL Show last week. You can listen to that on the ESPN NFL podcast feed, or you can watch it on the ESPN NFL YouTube channel. If you're watching this, I needed the blog on the Boys or Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channels. I spoke with Aaron Andrews and Dick Butkus and Michael. Gow up on the blog on the boys youtube channel if you want to check those out as well super bowl radio row offers a lot of fun opportunities but um i, I don't know man i mean like i've kind of come around on the idea of rust to Philly like being probable or being mm. likely at least it felt impossible to me for a long time but like I, in my mind when i close my eyes and let's be clear i've been complimented on this russell impression so it's like i really want to like lean into it because i know i'm good at it uh, but you get a whole season's worth of it that's what i'm saying like yeah. c- couldn't you just see him like you know, during during the like press conference, like sitting next to Sirianni and Roseman, just being like, you, you know, I, I was watching a documentary and 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 they say the eagle is the only bird that can achieve a higher altitude than a seahawk, and <laughs> and so that's what I feel like I'm here to do. You know, oh i I gosh. know how to I know how to win a championship. I know I know how to build a pedigree. I I know all about that. I'm here to grind, and you know, I. It, how we, we 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 were talking before we came up on stage. I mean, you that 2012 draft. I mean, it it, it almost happened, and so it, the the time is now, baby. Go birds, it, it, go go birds, go hawks. I mean, guys, it's a new thing. We're, we're birds, we're green. It's all good. You know, let's let's go. You the can last see thing, it.
2: <laughs> the last thing I'll say in this um, is that, and I've said this on BGN Radio, but I want to get your take on it real quick, or you know, correct me if I it sounds wrong. When the Eagles made that trade last year, not only the Carson Wentz trade, which was obviously about getting rid of him in part, but getting that pick, and then the the bigger trade really to move down from 6 to 12 like they did, like And they then up to do 10, that.
1: They paid the Cowboys to let the Cowboys draft Micah Parsons, that needs yeah, to be but, said for To
2: get the Miami first round pick is what I'm saying. Like they didn't just do that to get they didn't the, the goal wasn't just to still like get three first round picks to get like three defenders. Like if you think that I just think you're like you're just wrong. That doesn't mean it won't happen, but that was Clearly not the thinking. The thinking in mind was to get the quarterback. And again, that doesn't mean the Eagles hunt, as you said, will end up with that guy. But, like, that was the intended purpose. So if you don't think they're going to – if you think they're not going to try, I just – I don't think you're paying attention.
1: I also think that on the subject of SB Nation NFL show interviews, last year you will recall, Brandon, in the radio row process, I interviewed Devontae Smith. And I remember talking to you before that, because there was a lot of chatter about him potentially winding up with the Eagles when Philadelphia still had the sixth overall pick. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that that is like still kind of slept on that. He was like the target at six and you tell me, but maybe there was this like acceptance of, oh man, you know, now we missed out on Devonte when they traded back from six to 12. And so to still land him, even though you had to trade up to 10, I mean, kind of worked out. And the Devonte pick is even more of like a scream in your face thing that like, this wasn't about defense. Like there's clearly like this setting up of the offense with hopefully this top wide receiver because Jalen Rager is clearly not it, Um, you know, for, for the future to come in and and have an easier path. At
2: least. you know you know what the pick the Eagles gave up uh to, to trade up with the Cowboys it was from the Carson Wentz trade the third round mm-hmm. pick that they got from the Colts so there you go
1: everything is connected okay so um the Philadelphia Eagles got to go first on this episode uh which kind of breaks rules because you have to be in the lead in the NFC's to go first like the Dallas Cowboys have been the Dallas Cowboys won the NFC's in 2021 just so everybody's fully clear uh so that means we have to now segue to the Dallas Cowboys BLG so the Super Bowl is over what does that mean for the Dallas Cowboys this week at blogging the boys has been a lot of introspection a lot of what's the problem what are we concerned about uh on tuesday that an episode of the 750 with bobby belt from 105 the fan filling in for tony casillas talked about questions that nobody is asking when it comes to the dallas cowboys because there's a lot of things that everybody's kind of circling around but but things that are a little bit more under the surface and so this kind of goes without saying but the super bowl is over uh cements it as reality the clock is officially ticking unlike mccarthy and call it the sean payton clock if you want i actually feel like did you see the report, Brandon, that Sean Payton might I think he spoke to Mike Florio about this that he might call Mike McCarthy to kind of smooth things over with him because of everything that's been happening lately?
2: Which is weird. Yeah.
1: Well, I actually so like that I, mean, I don't know what don't Sean's worry, intentions are. Mike,
2: I'm totally not <laughs> going to take your job in the future.
1: Well, so like I actually am like super impressed with Sean by this because like some people will be like oh what a great guy like he, you know like (laughs) no that is purely sean getting even more in mike's head like that is you know totally sean was on the dan patrick show when he first retired and was talking about some uh game situation and then literally himself said now ask me about dallas at the end of the playoff game like this dude and in one weird way i sort of like am in love with this like like i am kind of in love with how aggressively he is attacking mike mccarthy's job and i love that he's just this like buzzard circling around the would-be dead body um and and in a way i think that like look i i have i wouldn't even say come around on mccarthy like i maintain all the things i said and believed in they were true at the time but there was just this collapse that, that is impossible to defend and justify and so i'm at a point now where you know what Fine, let's let's do this thing. And I wrote something last week that said Mike McCarthy, uh, at the time, whether Kellen Moore was going to return or not, then the Dolphins ended up hiring Mike McDaniel. Mike McCarthy should call plays. I want to see it because I want to see this dude go down his way or go or or fly his way. I want to see it be fully, purely, absolutely in an unadulterated sense, Mike McCarthy so that we can't be here a year from now. And he say, you know what? I never had a chance to install or call my offense. I, I was saddled with Kellen Moore for the first three years. Now in 2023, when I'm calling the shots, it's going to be different. No, I want this to be Frank Sinatra style McCarthy's way. And I, I think that if I was McCarthy, I would want that. And I'm actually unimpressed that he doesn't want that I, I mean I'm, I'm unimpressed that he's not willing to say man my job my future in the NFL is on the line I need to take the reins here and he's just like content handing that off to Kellen Moore this dude who he's known for only two years that's just such an insane gamble to take so i like that the heat's getting turned up on him whether Sean Payton is the future head coach of the Cowboys or not but there's no question about it I thought the conversations a year ago about well if the Cowboys disappoint is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat I thought that was so stupid because because of the way 2020 unfolded. But all of that is fair. Let's turn the heat up. Let's sweat it all out. We gotta get in the sauna BLG, you and me. Let's do it.
2: Okay, we'll do that. We'll we'll find the time. (laughs) Um, I thought you were gonna take, you know, the Sean Payton kind of angle, so I didn't go that way with mine. I do think there is something to what you're saying there about letting a guy like succeed or fail on his own that's what the eagles did with chip kelly in 2015 and i thought that was the right approach obviously didn't work out but i like that they did that because it was crystal clear okay he failed he was in charge time to move on you know it there's no like there's no like mystery it's like oh well what if this happened no like it was all clear clear as day he had his chance he didn't succeed it was time to move on uh I, i think there's you know value in learning that kind of information um my thing for the cowboys is that an offseason without much juice begins. Like I, I don't think the Cowboys are in a spot where they can like change a whole lot and don't necessarily need to in some cases. So that's not all bad. Um, but uh, over the cap did a off season resources ranking recently. I don't know if you saw this on yeah, website. Did. Okay. Well, I'm sure you saw the Dallas Cowboys were, 31st, <laughs> they were the penultimate team in those rankings because they rank 30th in cap space. And obviously they can clear some up with restructures. Dak Prescott will be a big run, big one in there, but currently 30th in cap room. They are 19th when it comes to draft capital. So, you know, nothing special. Um, they are 26th in free agent snaps in terms of like guys they can lose. And we've talked about before, especially right after the season ended, like some of the key losses they could be facing. Um, so I just, and the, the exact quote from over the cap was not an ideal position for the disappointing Cowboys Um, so I I just don't think this offseason has a lot of juice outside of the Sean Payton factor and even then that's like a year away you know so you're still like looking down the road that's not like about 2022 and I just think even if like I'm wrong about this and the Cowboys make some big moves it just, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter until they can finally prove they can get over the... Hunt. Like, the excitement can only go so far because of how Mike McCarthy and how the ending to 2021 kind of put, like, or has this ceiling on the Cowboys. Like, it has a kind of them capped out until they prove people wrong.
1: The, um, the next year thing feels very much... Um like the the new lord of the rings show it's like okay like you know when they when you find out it's like oh it's not coming out for two years you know it's mm-hmm. like well what good does this like do me to be excited about it or like you know like if you've been waiting for grand theft auto 6 it's like okay cool like what good does this teaser do me like you know i still have to wait forever like this doesn't help the the process feel any better whatsoever especially if you're offering me like no substance not like the we got the lord of the rings trailer during the super bowl which again your boy sean mcbay won Looked um that, by the way but
2: I, I mean, I hope you're wrong. Um, I hope yeah. I'm wrong too, but it didn't look great.
1: Have you read the books? You strike me as somebody who read the books.
2: I did when I was young, so it's hard. Like you know, right. we're talking about fourth, fifth grade. It's been forever. Right. Okay. I
1: totally agree with you that this is a really that's a the great word uh, a great word the it's a juiceless off season for the Cowboys. Like you're talking about though, like legitimate and substantial juice, like you know like, capital and, you know, salary cap space and draft capital and things like that. So the Senior Bowl was a few weeks ago at this point now. Do you know how many people covered Jerry Jones's, like, discussion there? And this was something that Bobby Bell actually mentioned on the episode of 750 I talked about. Do you know how many people were there in the, like, scrum to cover Jerry Jones at the Senior Bowl? I'll say, like, five. Two. And one of them works for <laughs> com. And, like, that's, that's kind of really it, man. No, like, yeah. it, it's it's kind of, like, I do think we're at this point of, like – I people are so like whatever like like i i i think i speak for cowboys fans or at least a a lot of cowboys fans like th- this my read on this is this is the most tapped out apathetic disinterested depressed mad upset that people have been and my my comp is honestly since forty four to six, like there was nobody was in at all excited because the next year they didn't have a first round pick because they traded for Roy Williams, and so I mean like people are just like fed up, and I and I think like a lot of that is is being heaped at Jerry, you know. I I know we talked about it then, but Jerry after the season ended jumped on the radio on one hundred five through the fan, huffed and puffed, and you know oh I'm so mad I would do anything to change this blah blah. Well what'd you do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do a, a single thing. Like you hired Robert Prince. To be your wide receivers coach, who the Saints now uh were interviewing for their offensive coordinator position, actually. But like, you did nothing. Like, why what what should we believe? Why should we believe that this is going to be any different when you are literally just gonna run this whole thing back? Um, you know, I I've talked about Super Bowl Radio Row. The the triplets, namely Troy and Emmett, spent most of their appearances kind of dragging this team. Like, so now it's it's reached this point where like, you know, the alma mater greats are fed up and like you know the 750 at, at blog and the boys is a show with tony casillas who who won two super bowls with the cowboys and he he jokes all the time about how his rings like date him you know you know what i mean like he doesn't like to wear them because he doesn't want people to think he's old or whatever because of how long ago they were i mean the the freaking Bengals just played in the super bowl dude i mean so yeah i i think they are one of the least interesting teams in the nfl this offseason
2: i think so and i think even if you want to point as one of the most interesting things, like, okay, Cowboys first round pick. That's been interesting the past couple of years. Cause we got Micah Parsons got Des or not that's <laughs> CD lamb. Sorry. The 88 in my mind, but
1: see like to, to interrupt you. So Micah fantastic. A plus, right? We both agree. Mm-hmm. CD lamb. One of the things Bobby and I talked about on that episode. This is a good episode to kind of, if you haven't yet, Cowboys fans go back on your feet and listen. CD Lamb's kind of been a disappointment you know he wow. hasn't lived up he ha- he hasn't been lived up to the hype he's you know a year ago I would I fought tooth and nail that he was um Better than Justin Jefferson. Because the argument was yeah, he didn't no. get a whole season of Dak, you know, whatever. But obviously, you know, this season gives us a lot more data. So he's been I mean, is he a bust? No, but he's he has not become the alpha that we expected. Maybe we're guilty of overhyping him, but he but he hasn't become that. 2019, they didn't have a first round pick because they traded it for Amari Cooper. Worth a first. Shout out to the t-shirt um that you love. Uh 2018, Leighton Vanderesh who's gonna walk this offseason 2017 when they drafted taco charlton over now defensive player of the year tj watt 2016 zeke i mean you know (laughs) like to like their their first round picks have not been like they're really popular names but they Mm -hmm. have not been the quality players that people think they are again micah aside
2: yeah and my point was with that like you're 24th in the draft, so it's not like you know the most exciting position to be in, as opposed to last year where you had 10 and then moved down to 12. Like, there's a big jump there. Like I always actually have the worst possible pick you could have from any team that lost in the wild card um, at number 24. So you know, just kind of that that's that takes away some of the juice again. It's a late first round pick.
1: All right, so who do we want to go to next? Uh, we have the Commanders, the mighty Commanders, um, and the Giants. Where do you gonna, Where do you want to go first? I have a, a Commanders thing to get off my chest, by the way. All right,
2: then why don't you start with that?
1: Well, I just want to say. So I talked about last week with Stabby when he was here how um when i was in san antonio we had we were the home of the, the san antonio commanders or at, at the time uh money san antonio what is now san antonio sports star and so i hosted the pre and post game show with my man james pledger great friend of mine um pledge and i every pre and post game show obviously prepped for the game discussed the game afterwards but on the pre-game show blg every single san antonio commanders game Pledge and I, we would do the pregame show for two hours, and at the very end, as we would throw it to Jason Minnix, who was the play-by-play announcer, Pledge would say, as the final words, he would say, let's ride. That was kind of his little catchphrase. And again, the AAF did not really last a long time, but he still did do it for every single game. Mm -hmm. On Sunday night, after the Super Bowl ended, the Washington Commander's official Twitter account tweeted, like, this poster that was, like, a... Uh, like inspired by The Last Dance. Like, dude, like, it's a thing. Like, The Last Dance was so long ago at this point. Like, we don't need to keep, you know, creating content. Like, get something new. Like, I'm so sick of the, like, and I took that personally meme. But anyway, <laughs> um. but so they, it was basically that poster, and it was called, like, The First Dance or something, and the caption said, Let's Ride. They literally are stealing every single thing. So shout out to James Pledger. They took your line. Uh, My Commander's thing is super vague and super ambiguous, but that's kind of who they are they have to get it together like that's that's what it is and dude like because and I, I actually think it makes sense because last year they, they've been in this funk right as the football team for two years and with ron rivera whatever like all that's gone like and i don't mean it's all gone they still have a lot of very serious issues plaguing the franchise but as far as the football team is concerned no longer pun intended It has to happen now. Like it has to. There's no more excuses. There's no more. Oh, Alex Smith and and you know we had Dwayne Haskins and everything. Like no, you've had enough time, Ron Rivera. Man, I just they had Ron Rivera out on Good Morning Football last week, like pushing the Commanders' name and wearing the Letterman jacket was so silly to me. Whatever, but this it has to happen. Like if it's if it's not going to happen now, you have to move on from Ron Rivera. I think he is also on the hot seat entering 2022
2: yeah i mean this is kind of put up or shut up time it's getting to that point for him they have to do figure out something at quarterback which pivots into my uh now that the super bowl is over the countdown to jimmy g or carson wentz in washington has begun and i think that's exactly the kind of quarterback who the commanders are going to have. They're not going to have someone who is, you know, it's not going to be Russell Wilson. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to get that marquee name. They can get someone who, like, has, like, fake accomplishments, <laughs> like Jimmy <laughs> G in terms of his NFC championship game. Or appearance.
1: Carson in terms of his Super Bowl win, because it was fake and it doesn't count, right? Yeah.
2: Uh And, like, and that's, like, going back to the Carson Wentz of it all, like, he might get a starting job somewhere, but, like, it's going to be with this kind of team. You know, it's not mm. going to be somewhere like the Colts who have a good setup around him. It's going to be somewhere who is... So, or some someone who's pretty yeah. desperate for a like starter. the Lions
1: or the Panthers or something like
2: that, right? Someone and yeah, he could easily be the Panthers' quarterback too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's that kind of situation they're looking at. They they have to they can't obviously just stick with what they have. And I think you know relying on a rookie, although I could kind of see Kenny Pickett end up there. Like I could easily envision that happening. Um, kind of just like the safe quarterback and maybe who that, but maybe it's both. Maybe they take him and maybe they also bring in Carson Wentz or or Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G might end up with the Steelers, so I'm you know I'm kind of I'm weighing that in my mind because I could easily see them going after him, um, but I think it's one of those two guys, so I think that's the countdown has begun to that.
1: I've said this before. I really think I, I haven't tailored it this way. I think if Kirk Cousins had if his first team had been anybody else, had been Detroit or Carolina or Chicago or Seattle or Pittsburgh or Tennessee or whatever, if his first team had been any non-Washington team. He would be the top option for the commanders this offseason. You know, it's, it's like my point is, it's only the personal history with him that is prohibiting them from going to get him, in my opinion. You're, you're nodding for the
2: podcast audience. So you, you agree with that? Yeah, it's that kind of caliber quarterback. Absolutely.
1: Right. And so I, I guess like the way I would word this, because I agree with you entirely, everything that they have done everything football related uh, because there's a lot of other terrible things but everything that they have done has been like getting fake excited for you know what i mean like like it's almost like they have to convince themselves that it's cool you know because they're like this commander's thing it's a nod to history you know like this these uniforms are sick they're ill you know like every everything is such like fake in you know like energy like it's not you know big loser energy it's fake energy this is fe baby like the elemental symbol um what, what, what is, symbol FE? is that for i don't know look at up. iron right i think it is iron um iron sharpens that's iron. that they're the perfect team to be like iron you know they're gonna have like some sort of like off-season hype video that's like iron sharpens iron the commanders carried cannons made out of iron in their their battles and things like that is it iron have you looked it up i'm pretty sure it is well, are you going to look it up what what's the what number is it on the periodic table i would like to know too. About i mean that. i have no idea well um, that's why you're looking it up you have the power of the internet at your it fingertips. Is, it
2: is it is 26.
1: Mm, shout out to clinton portis former commander <laughs> uh but uh stretch. but yeah i mean like this is so and like to your point it's gonna be like they're gonna take total and complete uh, like ownership of the loose accomplishments of either of these quarterbacks it will be i think a similar pr statement to when the cardinals hired cliff kingsbury and tried to like you know jump on all these other accomplishments it'll be like man we got this dude like and then it'll be well jimmy garoppolo has been to you know two nfc championship games dak prescott hasn't been to any how can you say that that dak prescott's the best quarterback in the division how dare you put dak prescott on your all nfc east team on the nfc's mixtape because of course you know he is the quarterback of the nfc's mixtape you know what i'm saying so i mean carson would be awesome. Like, give me that theater. I would love to see that so much. I, I I'm going to be so upset if he's not on the Colts. Cause I really, really, really want to see him play the Eagles at some
2: point. I'm pretty sure he is not going to be on the Colts. Um, but you know, he would make Washington so much more like easy to root against. Not that <laughs> like they're like, you know, anyone's rooting for them right now, but they're kind of just like irrelevant. Like it's not, they're not super hateable just because like, I don't know. Like, who do you really hate on Washington? Well, like,
1: to hate them, they have to be good. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, like there, has to, yeah. there has to be, like, a, a back and forth. And so, like, they're just, they're nothing. Like, they're, they're like
2: you don't, you don't, no one hates Ron Rivera. Like, cause he's kind of likable, like, guy. You yeah, know, he's a cool dude. Field. Yeah. So, like, they don't really have someone that you, you hate. And certainly not a quarterback. Like, Taylor Heineke, you can't hate him. He's not.
1: Well, he's Jonathan like a, Allen isn't popular
2: these days. Um, sure. But, but like outside of him and understandably. So to be <laughs> clear, but, um, but outside of him and you know, how, how much can you really hate like a defensive lineman? that's not like the biggest target, like quarterbacks an easy target and Carson Wentz being on there. Jimmy G wouldn't be like Jimmy G is like, you know, he's handsome. He seems to be like fine or whatever from a leadership standpoint and everything you would hate him as a, as a rival by default. But like, I think Carson Wentz is so much more unlikable and would be the perfect quarterback for rival fans
1: to that point you know, their two best players are really not hateable. Like Terry McLaurin's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no like hate or vitriol that we have for him mm-hmm. and chase young. Like there's just an acknowledgement that he's awesome too. You know what right. I'm saying? So that, who was the last player on their team that you like hated? DM's I mean, they, Hall.
2: okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, Cause he was like, a, he, he was, he thought he was like so much better than he, right. than he really was. And yeah, I went to the Cowboys
1: Christmas day game against the Eagles. I think we've talked about this before in 2006 uh when Jeff Garcia, who also is not popular these days, uh led the Eagles to victory over the Cowboys. And the week before that, uh, the Cowboys played the Falcons on I believe it was Thursday night football. Um and um and that was the T O spit in D'Angelo Hall game. And there was all this chatter that he was going to be suspended. And I was terrified that I wasn't gonna get to see T O uh, on Christmas Day. But thankfully he got to play. Um yeah. So Future podcast,
2: yes that
1: we're working on that hard so everybody knows uh we we really really want to make that happen i can't think of one that i like hated i just like um, maybe santana moss that might be my answer hmm. i just you know like because he was kind of like he was kind of a cowboy killer you know kind of had some moments maybe deshaun jackson when he first joined them i i was not fond of rg3 i found that to be so annoying that was Hmm. not a fun time um you know so you know, like, and as I know you hate Kirk, but you never like hated him in this way. You know what I mean? Like you just, you hate his existence. You don't really hate him as a player. You
2: know what I mean? It's kind of like the Sean McVay thing for me. It's just like, he's just so overrated and it's just incredible. And he's also just clearly a loser. Um, okay. It's time to move on to the New York football giants who
1: ruined our Brian Dable episode with Ed Valentine. Thank you giants for
2: that. Um,
1: Are you ready for mine? Do you want to go first? I've gone first the last two. Like, how are you feeling here? Yeah, I'll go first
2: to close it out. Uh, With the Super Bowl over, I think, and and the eyes turning to the NFL draft, I think you could make the argument the Giants control the draft. Everyone loves that each year. It's like, this team, the draft runs through them, or they control the draft. And I think when I say that, there's some basis because the Giants have the number five overall pick, which I believe is a prime trade-down spot. Right ahead of the Panthers, who are clearly in the quarterback market. So if you're looking to get up, draft a quarterback and potentially the first one off the board, you might want to get to that number five spot. And obviously, with the Giants also owning already the number seven pick, it's such a no brainer move for them to trade. Or it's like really easy for them to do because they're already picking a couple spots later anyway. And um you know they're gonna get a good haul so i think like they really control the draft at the top because i think jacksonville is locked in i think detroit is locked in i think houston might actually like davis mills or i think they're gonna stay i I think
1: that houston's a candidate to trade down too like they are they're in such a like now is not our priority space that they don't need that pick right now but
2: i I could see them sticking it's it's not a definite that they move down we'll see i think the jets stick um because you know they have their quarterback, so I think the Giants could potentially be a trade down candidate. And you have to remember, Dave Gettleman actually did trade down last year for the first time in literally ever. Um, but you know, it's a new how can GM. I forget
1: that? That inspired a "What If" episode of the NFC's mixtape last year. How I don't think I you
2: forgot, but it's just kind of we're not used to. I'm saying we're conditioned to the Giants not doing anything and not making these kind of moves. But I think they could. I think they might be realistic about where they are and know that they might need to trade down and, and get some more picks in part just because two to potentially have quarterback flexibility. If they are sticking with Daniel Jones and they can't get their guy, maybe they can trade down, get a first and next year's draft and have that ability for next year. So uh, I think, you know, with all eyes kind of turning to the draft, obviously we have free agency coming up, but you know, a lot of big draft heads out there. I think the giants control the draft and I think that's where it turns to.
1: I like that. Um, who have been the control the draft teams as of late? I mean um because I think the take is going to become the NFC East controls the draft with the Eagles draft okay. capital as well. Um but you're right, I think the Giants have like a higher level stake of ownership. But I but think they, like, yeah,
2: they, they're kind of setting the board though. Like since they're at the top, like they can like really kind of influence how this goes and which team they might like want to make a deal with and they're they're right. okay with taking a quarterback. So yeah.
1: I think the Browns, um, what was the year they took was it OJ Howard? Um I mean well, not OJ Howard. Uh David Njoku. Yeah. Um, who else did they take that year? Um yeah, my mind. So is 29, Baker. 18? 18. Well, that was um 18 was Baker's year. Yeah, 18 yeah. was Baker, and then um then they have another one of the top five because it went Baker, Darnold, no, not Darnold. Baker, Saquon, how can we forget Saquon? Um Baker Saquon, then that was the Darnold draft and the Allen draft. Um I think that was the year. Um, I don't know if you're looking at the 2018 NFL draft right now, but it was it was Baker. And then at one point they had Njoku. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the Njoku-Jabril Peppers draft. No, okay. they traded for Jabril Peppers. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so lost. I'm no, they so drafted lost.
2: Jabril Peppers.
1: I'm so lost. That was it then. That was it. Because um, I remember the photo of David Njoku and Jabril Peppers together. Okay. So it really it doesn't matter. This is not the AFC North. The point up. is. If it were, we'd be lamenting the Bengals' uh, Super Bowl loss to, to BLG's Sean McVay's Rams. You know, so. Um, but anyway, um, okay. Are you pulling up that draft? Or are you ready for my? This is what it means for the draft. I'm
2: ready for what your. This is what it means. But I was I was looking back at last year to like say who we could maybe say controls the draft. Um, maybe you could say the Bengals because everyone thought they were going to take Sewell and they ended up taking Chase. And say, I don't know. I don't know what you would say, but there, I think there
1: is that that pivot point or something mm-hmm. like something that wasn't chalk for all the mocks happens and the, the bank I mean but even then there were a lot of mocks that had the Bengals taking Jamar but it it was this like fork in the road that created two different alternate realities mm-hmm. um for the the rest of the NFL so okay uh my this is what the Super Bowl being over means for the New York Giants again kind of grandiose but that's kind of my style this is the most important offseason ever lately for the Giants it really is like ever lately <laughs> but like <laughs> it like you ha- this has kind of like the the commanders like it's it's and i i do respect um i guess the introspection that the john mara has had we've we've talked about this how we we buy and believe that he was embarrassed and unlike jerry jones and i am so depressed that i have to Compare the two. But Jerry's out here saying, like, I would do anything, I'm pissed, blah, blah. And then he did nothing. Like, it did absolutely nothing. But John Mayer comes out and says, I've never been this embarrassed. Like, this is the lowest of the low. We have, we're in the bad place, the dark place, this is the darkest timeline. You know, what does he do when everyone thinks he's going to run it back with Joe Judge? He says, you know what? Enough like that, that to me, like, I don't know how the Cowboys can watch the Rams, you know, and, and see see the Rams carry all this dead money from Jared Goff and feel like we can't cut Zeke. It's just impossible. We, we can't do it. We, we can't we can't move on from Zeke. It's impossible. Look, I mean, how could anybody survive? And I love that the Giants are willing to say, you know what, Joe Judge? We don't want to be the team that fires another head coach after a two-year stretch, but it's not working. We have to get this right. We have to move on right now. Brian Dable, Wink Martindale, our favorite guy we talked about, et cetera. You've got the three first-round picks. You control the draft, like BLG said. And... If you if Brian Dable resuscitates, like that's that's honestly maybe one of the biggest what ifs in the entire NFL. If Brian Dable resuscitates Daniel Jones's career, that completely changes the landscape of the NFC East, and that completely changes the landscape of the NFC with Brady retiring. Maybe Rogers is gone. Maybe Russ, well, Russ is, is staying. You know, go, go, birds, baby, go, go, birds. Uh, but like that that could be a big old deal if daniel jones well, like you you are higher on him than most people or less down on him than most people if brian dable gets him a fraction of the way closer to josh allen like this this is an important off season for them they have like we can agree they have some pieces there for for daniel jones and for brian Dable to work with and they haven't had anybody competent there that's been able to work with them they finally got some competent people so things
2: could change a lot for the giants at the end of the 2022 season Let's say Washington, like they need to win a playoff game almost or like have a winning record, double digit win. Like that's that kind of bar for them. I think we were just talking about with Ron Rivera. Giants don't need to do that. Like realistically, I mean, that would be nice for their sake if they did. But they need to end the 22 season with like, okay we have at least the start of a foundation here. We have a foundation we can build on. We need to maybe figure out quarterback still, we'll see, like but we have pieces here. Like we have something to to build on moving forward. That is positive. Like that's what they need to do. So, how does that happen? like you're laying the foundation this off season. So yes, I agree with that. Like you're, you have to get some of those pieces in place. Um, There's a lot of different ways they could go in the draft. Going back to my point, they could trade down, maybe get a future first round pick next year. They could stick at five and seven and get two potentially really blue chip players who are, big cornerstones for them moving forward they have some big decisions to make with those um so yeah it, this is this is a really crucial offseason for them not in terms of like they need to elevate again into this playoff team already but this is like the this has to be the beginning of something you have to be able to at the end of this year look and be like okay they're on the right track and they're and they're building and they're growing it can't be another like well It's you have to give him time. It can't it can't be that it can't be like you just have to give him more time. You have to be patient. No, like you need to see some kind of actual foundation. And that was what we didn't see. Like people would try to say, like, that's what was the case after Joe Judge's first. No, that was not there at all. Um, It was
1: it was there in a hollow sense because they were like, "Well, we barely lost the division. Yeah, you barely lost it to a team that went seven and nine. Like, you know, it wasn't real. It was a facade. It was a
2: mirage. Yeah, but who did like you really feel good about, like on that roster, even? Like, wow, this this player is a stud for years to come. Like n- n- no one really. Um, they need that this year. They need to find some guys who are like, wow, this is this is a player, all right. This is a good thing that we have going for us. This is something we can hang our hat on. That's what that's always we talk about. That like we can hang our hat on this thing, um, an identity, a player, a coat, like something. They have to have something. And uh again, I think it starts this offseason. My bold NFC East take is
1: that. I think the Giants, I don't think they're cutting Saquon because they just picked up his fifth year option last year. Like, I don't think they're in that position, but I, I think the Giants start to move on, even if it's just from like a, a utilization standpoint from Saquon sooner than the Dallas Cowboys start to move on from Zeke. Like, I think the Cowboys are going to continue to force the Zeke thing much longer than the Giants are going to continue to force the Saquon thing. And Zeke's a better player, but I mean, it's, it's time for both. You know what I'm saying?
2: But they're also again, the Cowboys are more stuck with Zeke. Like right. they they basically have to keep him this year. Whereas the Giants can and should trade Saquon this off season for like I don't know fourth round pick, fifth round, like whatever. I would just whatever you can. Who's get doing from, like
1: nobody's doing that though? That's the problem. Uh,
2: I don't know. You have a dumb team out there. Like I don't know. Like Car- not Carolina because they already have Christian McCaffrey. But I don't know. There's probably I mean, the, a dumb enough team out the there. The
1: Houston Texans did trade for David Johnson once right. upon a time. So. so I mean. Yeah, it is possible. Um, okay, uh, as we wrap up, because we have the meeting to get to, your thoughts on the Super Bowl halftime show, m- subject of much consternation around the world.
2: Dr. Dre, Snoop, still ding, got it. Ding, ding, that ding, was my ding, takeaway. Ding. I was like, still got it. Uh, also, feel old, because <laughs> it was like, wow, all these songs are pretty old, and I know all of them, and uh, I can only imagine what people younger think in terms of like, and my my sense was that like who are these guys from some of gen z which is pretty depressing
1: yeah um you know there was the survivor season millennials versus gen x but this felt like millennials versus gen z you know what Mm. i'm saying like this this felt very much like like this it was almost like the world being like okay millennials you're old now like this was the like official that's not a tiktok star up there on stage (laughs) who is that uh right speaking of survivor new season coming out uh in less than a month so uh we got some stuff going on there maybe we'll try to get uh danny mccray on you know former survivor player
2: you know former cowboy survivor loser just like the cowboys wow wow couldn't get it done in the playoffs couldn't Mm. get it done when you know it was coming down to the end brandon it's meeting time all
1: right uh so with that being said. Um,
2: I will not say that to his face by the way because he'd destroy <laughs> me
1: <laughs> he would be our second survivor contestant to be on sure. the show which would be very cool Um, so and at that point we'd have to like get one that roots for every team because we already had Jervis
2: for the Eagles and then I don't know who for the Giants maybe Tony no I can't get him but uh, I don't know yeah,
1: no, Tony, Tony would scare us but um, okay Uh, let's leave the final final words belong to you but they have to be hummed in a tune ready set go
2: Mm, listen to the SB Nation NFL show
1: (laughs) bye to everybody